Welcome back. It's made an A to Z again, and we're wrapping up the A's today. And uh, just like last time, we have Hendrik with us. So, welcome back. Hello. Thank you. Yeah, I guess that will be. Uh, it was fun last time, so it might yeah. happen. Yeah. Time and time again. We don't know. You have a steady invitation, so to speak. And mm. also, uh, we have uh, me here, Jonathan, and we have Eric. Eric. How are you, Eric? I'm very good. How are you? Good and ready, I think. Yes. Kind of, mm-hmm. kind of interesting song setup today, I think. I mean, uh, we had the, recently we did The Alchemist and Age of Innocence, and we, I kind of felt that they were not great enough to be interesting and not bad enough to be interesting. Whereas today, you know, <laughs> it's more... Well, today's, today's one of the songs, yeah, you've <laughs> talked about quite a bit. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I mean, they are interesting songs to me, both of them. And The Apparition, yeah. That's first out today, and I think it's uh, safe to say that it's one of Iron Maiden's absolute worst songs. Or what would you say on that? It's never been a favorite of mine, for sure. I had a hard time getting it when I heard the album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just re-listened to it before I got on this, uh, get on this with you guys here, and uh, there's nothing in it that's the least bit memorable, except the really bad parts that you don't want to remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Well, I have this theory on this song that it gets worse every time I listen to it. Ah, that's an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually a bit uh, surprised that it was. I remember it as not being a favorite, but there was a lot of stuff that I didn't like musically with it this time. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, it sounds like they don't really know what they're playing. I don't know if that's oh. the the. Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, Stephen Janik, so maybe they're just making a song and not really being critical enough. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I had uh, we kind of re-listened to Fear of the Dark recently on on vinyl. Uh, me and a friend, me and two friends actually. And I thought, let's really try to dive into this album. It's not one of my favorite Maiden albums mm. by any stretch. And uh, I mean, I, I really try to dissect it, the music and the lyrics, and like how it deals with different variations of fear yeah and then i thought okay here comes the apparition maybe at least the lyrics could be good you know maybe the fear of not being around anymore Mm. for your family or the fear of dying or something like that involving mortality and and life but then i read the lyrics and they're also terrible Uh, it's uh, this kind of casper ghost story yeah what were you gonna say no i was just gonna say i think they they don't really follow through it's it's more like it's just uh listing stuff uh, that's got <laughs> yeah. to do with ghosts or whatever, but it, but it has one of it must have one of the most unsingable lines in any Maiden song, and that's extrasensory perception, life after death, <laughs> telepathy. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's our, I kind yeah. of forgot. <laughs> extrasensory. 
Yeah, what were we gonna say, Eric? You have a comment on? No, on I'm, I'm, I'm just reading the lyrics here. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, they're they're terrible. I mean, what what I thought it could have been an interesting story about again mortality and not being around anymore for your family or something like this. And then I when mean, I read it, it's more like this kind of joke ghost, you know, a Casper ghost. <laughs> well, it's like, Aha, I'm here, I'm still here, but you can't see me. I'm moving the furniture around. <laughs> I, I yeah. think that they could have done that. I mean, that doesn't that. that I don't see anything wrong per se with the uh, with the story they're trying to do. I just think they didn't do it very well because I think that it, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 not very. It's not a very interesting take on the subject. Is my, mm, is my yeah. It's nothing. It's done, there's nothing. Um, it's very, it's very basic. It's it's not it's not really up to they they can't they can and have done a lot better with this kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just not up to their. Yeah, mm. and what could we say about it musically? You know, now I'm here. Can you see me? Sounds a bit like they're trying to do that ACDC thing yeah. that they were kind of leaning towards in the early 90s. And it's, I mean, it, it swings okay, I guess. What would you mm. say, Henrik, on the, well, on, the, on the actual song flow? Uh, 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 the flow of the song is I, it possibly okay, but it's just the way that things are juxtaposed that's not very exciting yeah. to me i mean you get to the instrumental bit which actually is a lot more better than the verses i think but it's but it's still you have you have this typical maiden trans transpose from e to f sharp or whatever it is mm -hmm. and yeah. th and then it goes into the double tempo bit where they do this i don't know i've never heard them do that kind of riff <laughs> i mean it's <laughs> i don't know it's almost like you know a glenn miller thing or i don't know <laughs> Yeah, in the mood. Didn't you mention that a while back, Eric? Yeah, no, that's the one. That's the bit I hit the most. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah. So, so I do have a clip here of the instrumental part of the song because that's yeah. the only thing that sticks out. And as I do with with like, you know, frankly, shitty maiden songs, I try and find something redeeming about them. <gasps> and it's really hard in this one. And I think the instrumental part starts off okay, like it's starting to sound like our maiden, but then quickly they mess it up. Mm. So uh, I've uh, kind of pinpointed that passage here. Let's mm -hmm. see. Quite synth lad in here also, a lot of synthesizer. Yeah. yeah. And the transition Henrik spoke about. Mm -hmm. It's a fairly random solo at... And here we go. Yeah, I mean, what could you say? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> so, someone thought that was a good idea, so... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think Glenn Miller Band is like, kind of a... <laughs> a I don't know, it's kind of a, nice to say. It's a nice way to yeah. describe this. Not not to Glenn Miller, but no, exactly, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, but but it must ha it must have the absolutely shortest intro any Maiden song. Yeah, it's a snare hit. Snare hit. A snare right? hit. It's just a, it's just a flam. Yeah. No. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I imagine that. Uh, yeah, that's probably because otherwise, a really short one is, is Dream of Mirrors is very short too. Damn. Yeah, it is. But it's one <laughs> hit more. more yeah. so. mm. <laughs> one hit more. <laughs> Twice as long. <laughs> That's an interesting intro we'll get to fairly soon. Yep. Mm -hmm. In the sequence of this show, Maiden A to Z, where we 
go through all Iron Maiden songs in alphabetic order. Currently on the apparition, and I, ha- I have another clip. Uh, this is uh, lending from uh, like podcast colleagues here, but it's it's too fun not to play. It's from a Canadian Maiden podcast called called Talking Maiden, where they discuss this song uh, in uh, in particular how they end the verses. Mm. Every time he sings anything, he almost like steps it back. He like walks his whole way through. It's like looking in. It's true. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like it's he's always like that. hooking it back. <laughs> yeah, every it's time. You said that because I made a uh, an actual a mix of all the times that oh, he does God. that because it annoys me. He finishes <laughs> off the lines at the end of every verse, and yeah. it's this weird phrasing that sounds yes. weird. And he yeah, we should like, go there if we want to. He has Ooh, to, he has to like, tack <laughs> on a few extra words. And it's just, oh man, I can't yeah. stand it. So I made a mix of all the times he does this, and it's so like off-putting to hear. Like it'll ruin the track for you. Well, Everyone, tracks, listen there's up. Nothing to ruin. <laughs> nothing to ruin. Any day. <laughs> yeah. Wow, it's bad. I mean, I, I, I've never thought about it, but yeah. But also, that, that there's we we, uh, we we haven't played. I mean, in theater, we've almost played the entire song because there's there's nothing really more that happens. Right. Uh, mm. There's a little bit more to the verses and whatnot, but the chorus and the verse sound almost identical, and then there's that weird instrumental bit, and that's pretty much the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then Henrik mentioned the weird juxtaposition of the song, and you can mm. really hear it in this example, right? He's kind of mm-hmm. squeezing the lyrics in. To fill you in, mm. yeah. <laughs> wouldn't you? And it's it's just a really it's an odd song. It's a weird song. Yeah, I, I the, 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 yeah. Top ten worst maiden songs for sure. I think. Yeah, may, uh, maybe. I mean, yeah, it's it's not it's not. Yeah, no, no, it's not. It's not good. <laughs> it's not great. It's not good. I mean, imagine if they took this out live, second song out, and it's like, Fra, now I'm here. Can you see me? That would, that would have been really oh. weird. <laughs> Really strange. Yeah, but, but also, somehow, actually, to be fair, it would be fun to hear because just yeah, because yeah, they yeah. haven't done it before. Yeah, again, I'd be lucky to be in in that audience. I guess <laughs> we're like, wow, they're playing the apparition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is odd. Yeah, it's just an odd song. Mm-hmm. Do we have more on it? Or is it's hard to like? Come I mean, up I, with? I, I think this is a hard one to do because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not a ton to say. Like it's just fun how bad it is, I guess. And we've kind of explained that, I guess, in a, in a quite thorough way already. Mm-hmm. You have anything more to add, Henrik? No, not really. I mean, I'm trying <laughs> to come up with something that's not, you know, because if, even if you, even if I feel that the song's not good, I mean, it doesn't have to be. I don't have to be that negative about it. But it's difficult no. when I can't really, I can't really find much redeeming in it. No, there's so, never. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard. Mm. Very little of that. But we do have more songs, yep. fortunately, in the mm. in the Maiden Bank, quite a few still. But the uh, next one in line would be the Assassin. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
from uh, No Prayer for the Dying, which I believe is the first time we touch on that album, right? Yeah, it must be. Yeah, and also it turned uh, 30 the other day, didn't it? Yep. Well, the other. Yeah, yeah last week. Uh, last week, yeah, last Sunday, wasn't it? First, October like first. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and today, today on the day of recording, there's another. Uh, jubilee, right? The, the jubilee is that today is the 10th of November, and uh, which is the 30th anniversary for my first Iron Maiden gig, which was the yeah. no, which was the No Prayer on the Road tour in Stockholm, where they yeah, where they incident, incidentally played the Assassin. Yeah, yeah, which is that's pretty cool, actually. I mean, yeah. not a lot of Maiden fans active today out here on the internet have even seen the Assassin live. It's like it's a bit of a feather in your hat, I would say. Yeah, I, I'm really happy because I, I also, I also actually like the song. I think the chorus is ridiculous, but I do like the rest yeah. of the song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mm. that's a pretty good summary of it. And yeah, mm. Eric, what were you gonna say? Well, I was gonna say we we we, uh, we we talking about before we started actually that there's nothing wrong with the song until the chorus and you, you could make the chorus a hundred times better. Those, those weird backing vocals. <laughs> Singing the better watch out bit make yeah. it just sound ridiculous. Uh, the the lyrics don't make it any better. Where he's you know singing you know because I'm the assassin, but yeah. it's it's still I think the backing vocals kind of ruin it. You, you know, there's it, it's it's hard. Now, did they when when they did the song live? Did they do the backing vocals? Yes, they did. And uh, oh dear God, yeah, Janik and Steve. I don't I don't think Janik ever sung on any tour after. After No Prayer on the Road, I'm not sure here. No. I can't imagine that sounded very good. I, I can't remember. I was 15 and over the moon. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, well, let's go back to the kind of the moment where you... Where, did you know that it was The Assassin when they played it? Were you like familiar and nerdy? Yeah, yeah I, I had. Her, I bought the album a few days before it actually was released. I don't All know right. why they had it in the store, but I just... I bought it <laughs> and yeah. listened to it thoroughly. Oh, nice. So it was one of your favorite songs coming up when when uh, when they actually kicked in with the assassin. Or... I can't remember if it was a particular favorite, but I was very happy they played it. I mean, I would have reacted if they had played, say, Fate's Warning or mm-hmm. or or what's uh, Run Silent, Run Deep, because that they felt like songs they would never play. So yeah, uh, and they didn't. So. <laughs> Fate's Warning is my favorite on, on that album, actually. I think it's a great song, but we'll get to that eventually. Mm-hmm. I'm looking uh, at the set list from the gig, and it was a good set list. Yeah, it was. They had the, they started, it's, it's Tail Gunner, Public Anima Number 1, Wrathchild, Dire Boots On, Hallow Be Thy Name, which is very weird to have that early in, early in the set. It is. Uh, it's pretty cool. 22 Acacia Avenue, Holy Smoke, The Assassin, No Prayer for the Dying, Hooks on You, The Clairvoyant, Two Minutes to Midnight, The Trooper, Heaven Can Wait, Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast, Bring Your Dog to Slaughter, Run to the Hills and Sanctuary. So that was a good, that was a good set list. Yeah, it was. It's a good set list. It reminds me a little bit of uh, Death on the Road, that they tried to go for this rocking approach in the set. Mm. Uh, yeah. uh, because obviously that was the angle of, of No Prayer at large. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and they did strip, it. Down, strip down on the theatrics a little bit, right? Yeah, there was. I mean, they were just on in denims and a t-shirt, and it was just speakers behind them. So they had backdrops, yeah. but it wasn't not much of pyro and stuff speaking of that the the ticket concert ticket that was posted on the iron maiden nerd sweden the facebook group and i saw that uh, it was 190 swedish crowns yeah which is i did recalculate it 
to today's uh, like value of money mm. and it was about 300 yeah 300 crowns so it's about 30 euros mm. in today's value which is about a third of what would you what you would pay to see maiden but then i thought also it was a stripped down tour so they didn't have as much expenses no, they hadn't, and they played played Johannes Wolf's East Stadion, which is uh, seven eight thousand capacity, and it wasn't sold out. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, it's oh, it was it wasn't even sold out. That's really interesting from from a perspective of today, because you think that everyone everybody knows that they played small stages during the Blaze years, mm. but I didn't know that already in nineteen ninety they couldn't sell out uh, seven thousand capacity venue in Stockholm, which is a big city for Maiden. Yeah, it's f- interesting from all the the numbers I've managed to gather, they didn't sell out anything until the Virtual Eleven tour when they sold out Horvath in 1998. Well, they sold mm. out Circus, obviously, because that's just a 1700 capacity venue in yeah. 95, but it doesn't really count, does it? <laughs> no. Yeah, that's no, very interesting because that means like Metal 2000 gig that was my first gig was a, an enormous success. Yeah, it was. And it was pr- probably Maiden's biggest. The, the biggest gig Maiden did on their own, uh, the biggest audience that was not a festival mm-hmm. at, at, that, at time. that time. Yeah, mm. That's interesting, because for me it was just how, I guess, a Maiden show should be. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because it was the first, it was my blueprint. Mm-hmm. Eric, you had something there on, on, on yeah, your mind. I, 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 was, I was just, um, I was looking at the set list. But yeah, I was, was going to say, the, the gig at uh, uh, Circus, which is a very small venue as well, but that would have been cool to see, even though it's not, you know, particularly my favorite album, The X Factor, that still would have been a very cool, uh, you know, environment to see them play in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I was going to say, just mentioning to people listening, speaking of the various venues they played in Stockholm, uh, Henrik has made a video uh, showing and going, you know, uh, a bit of information on all the various places uh, Maiden has played in Stockholm over the years. Yeah, and, right. yeah. Me and a friend made a video about that. We released it in in early August, I think. It's on YouTube. Yeah. So it's. And where can you where where can you look at this? I haven't seen it. No, it's a it's a it's a it's on YouTube. So I I don't oh, I have I haven't memorized the address. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll post the link uh, when we post this episode, so they can right. control it. It'll be in the show yeah, notes. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting to to uh, to see. I think because I mean they've played quite a few. Odd venues in Stockholm, in and around Stockholm, you should say. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, Circus would have been interesting. It's a good venue, a good sounding venue. And we did listen to a couple of clips from days, uh, I guess, just prior or just after from Gothenburg. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very small the, venue, uh, too. Mm. Where we, kind of, we checked out a little bit of the, the aftermath live, I do believe. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because you know if you look now, like you said, it's it's just I'm, I'm looking through the various Stockholm dates, and you can see a big you know, uh, the Fear of the Dark tour was at uh, was at Gluben, mm. um, the first, and one. then the next time, yeah, and the next time they were there, I guess, was in uh, Circus, yeah, ninety five. Yeah. <laughs> but the next time they were at Gluben was ninety nine. Yeah, you know, so they mm. weren't. Yeah, this was the year, uh, and then and then the time after that, I guess, was. No, uh, that's a death tour, and then after that, it would have been a matter of life and death tour where they played the Gluben three times, yeah, during the same tour, yeah, mm. yeah. So, uh, any of you guys familiar with what with what they might have done in Stockholm around Power Slave, for example? Yeah, where they played, in, yeah, yeah, it was okay. Johannes Wolf's Stadion, 
Yeah, and they played. Okay, so same venue that you attended the No Prayer on the Road. Exactly. Show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And similar, similar selling. Like I, th- I, below I don't remember 7, the numbers. I think we actually have some kind of rough estimates for most of the 80s gigs, but I can't remember. Ah, but uh, again, not sold out. No, not sold out. About 5,000 perhaps or something like that. That's interesting because we really pride ourselves in Sweden of being like one of the maiden, maiden countries mm. of the world. Yeah. Uh, but here we go, like in their heydays, we didn't even sell out. Uh, yeah, but then again, we don't state. know how they sold in in frankfurt or in paris either i mean that's that's right uh, Right. it was different times in the 80s i mean metal didn't have the profile it has now so no yeah and also you didn't have the 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 same level of um, yeah what could you call it logistics in terms of selling tickets Mm. you couldn't sell tickets online you had to have you know phone orders and phone ordering and buying i guess over counter exactly yeah it was harder to sell tickets for sure but yeah good enough at least yeah, can you recall like the level of sound quality that was present? Did it sound good to you? Uh, it time? must have sounded good because I don't have a memory of it of not being able to tell what songs it is. I mean, I, to me, it was very obvious all the time what they were, they were playing and what Bruce was saying in between songs. All right. So I guess it must have been all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And first time I saw them, I was lost in one song only. It was Sanctuary because I wasn't familiar with Sanctuary. Yeah, so and it just and starts friend, and stops all the time. <laughs> yeah, we thought yeah. like, is this a jam? <laughs> are, they, are they jamming? You know, just jamming out. Yeah. Other than that, I think it was okay. But sound back then wasn't that good, really. Like live sound in the early two thousands was still way below where it is today in terms of fidelity. Like it could be pretty hard to tell what was going on even then. Possibly, and I think it all, it's also a matter of the venue and stuff like that. But Right. I mean, I, when it comes to these huge venues, it's only really Iron Maiden and the uh, support acts that I have seen in such a huge setting, unless it's a festival, of course, because then it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So I did have another clip for, for the Assassin that mm. uh, kind of tied into what Eric was yeah. talking about uh, 10 minutes ago or something like that. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's from another pod. It's a very short clip from uh, the Scandinavian Maiden podden, and you don't need to know Swedish to understand their angle here. Better watch out. Better watch out. Better watch out. Or send a assassin. Yeah, sure, I, I get that, yeah, yeah, yeah. The chorus, yeah, what could you say? Any comments on the, on the chorus and how they arranged it? Well, it's just that it feels... <laughs> Are we going to use that word again? Ill-advised? <laughs> advised, yeah, yeah. advised <laughs> It is. Yeah. Have you, have you checked out the live version? I have, yeah. I, I, I was going to say that when we talked about the gig, because I listened quite a bit to a, a, a bootleg. I think it's called a, hmm, Hammer something. Something okay. with Hammer. From, uh, from Hammersmith, probably, then. And it's uh, from this tour. And it's a great sounding bootleg. It sounds better than some of their official live albums. So I have checked out the live version. Yeah, but then, it, then it's the uh, w- uh, Wembley Arena, right. I think. Wembley. 90. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that, that's a great bootleg. Yeah, Sounds because really good. yeah, because they picked some. Some of them are released as B sides and stuff as well. So mm, okay, mm. yeah. So it's a, like an official recording, and uh, yeah, I did check it out. And the, the backing mm. vocals, yeah, I guess you know, for me, they've always been kind of. I quite enjoy them in a in a fun way, similar mm. to um, if you're gonna die. Yeah, you if you're gonna before, die, yeah, like, <laughs> if you're gonna die, you know, it sounds so like there's no power behind. It. I mean, like, like we were talking about before we, we started recording that, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's sort of, um, it, it reminds me of a, like I said, just a, a less successful version of Die for Boots on, mm. because that, that just, that just easily could have turned out ridiculous as well. Uh, but it didn't, it worked there. It just didn't work here. Right. Mm. Uh, also like, uh, from a lyrical perspective, it's really strange. Like, let's set up the scene here. You have this assassin, you know, this paid uh, murderer. Mm. And he's, he's, who is he talking to? Better watch out, because I'm the assassin. <laughs> like, it's a very bad way to run your business, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you're presenting yourself as the assassin here. And you're also telling your, uh, your, like, your surroundings to watch out for you, mm. which would pro probably compromise your operations, I would think. Yeah, but he's also saying I'm coming after you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so it's, it's also that's ill-advised again. I would yeah. say. Yeah, <laughs> here, here's a weird lyric. I, I don't know that this is. I mean, I understand what I think they're trying to say, but that I've never heard it referred to as this. It's I watch the way you walk. I hear your telephone talk. Yeah, <laughs> he's tapping the wire, man. He's tapping the wire. Yeah, yeah but there's, no one has ever referred to it as hearing a telephone talk. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. No, it's never, it's, it's also hers. It has this kind of Cold War era vibe to it, which yeah. is, goes for all of No Prayer for Dying, which possibly makes it, at least to me, a more interesting album. It's often been on the bottom of my list of our Maiden <clears> studio <throat> albums, but it's kind of interesting and it's kind of dirty way you know it the whole album feels like uh not very appealing like mm -hmm. suburbanly dirty concrete type vibe you know going into the 90s feeling like uh, the magic is lost kind of vibe i would say especially coming in after an album like seventh sun oh yeah yeah definitely uh, it's, which, I mean, it's, it's sad but it could be interesting what were you yeah. going to say on that yeah no i was just thinking about the um i mean the production on no prayer for the dying always gets a lot of critique but i think it's i mean it is very how would you how are you going to say very sort of earthy and yeah. naked in a way and i mean my biggest problem is bruce is singing because i think he sounds really weird on it yeah same here and i mm. think the production side of things is good it sounds pretty good uh, i don't really mind the mix or mm. like how they how they fronted the instruments and the fact that it's quite dry I mean, maybe it's the least good-sounding Martin Birch studio production. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. But that said, it still sounds good, and he was mm. like seasoned at the time, so he's not fooling around. But no. the, uh, maybe the concept of stripping things down was a necessary thing uh, when I'm thinking back to it, because where could you go from from Seventh Son? How could you make it bigger? No, I'm not sure. They well, feel, yeah, Eric, yeah. go on. Oh, so, so, sorry, yeah, I was going to say... I feel I feel they have later. They've kind of gone, you know, done bigger things, but maybe they needed to do that in order to do that as well. I don't, I don't know. Right. Yeah. I often pair I often pair Brave New World with uh, with Seven Sun in that regard. Like I feel mm -hmm. that they go together quite well. Like if you listen to Seven Sun and then you you put on the Wicker Man, 
it's been 12 years, but it's kind of following it up, I think. And it may have something to do with uh, Adrian being back as well. I think that matters a lot, a lot more than you than you can see in writing credits. Actually, I mean, what right. he brings to to the band with his musicianship yeah. and accuracy. Right, extreme uh, accuracy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no prayer for the dying is. I mean, they they had changed guitarist, and there was this kind of energy spark. It's all, they always refer to it as this spark of energy when they started playing with Janik, which may have influenced the choice to record uh, in, in Steve's barn as well. I don't know. Right, and they, they wrote it very quickly. They bragged mm. about how they wrote uh, Tail Gunner and Holy Smoke in the first afternoon. Yeah. Steve and, Steve and Bruce. So I think, yeah, I mean, I, I really get the concept. And I mean, I guess... Mm. The fact that it is my sometimes least favorite Maiden album speaks for how much I like this band. Yeah. Because this album is still a good album, I would say. Like it still holds up in 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 some weird way. And uh, if you're talking about the there assassin, are, yeah, go ahead, Eric. There's a few, there, I mean, there are it, it still holds up. There are a few songs that you know, even though I listen to Maiden, you know, quite quite you know quite frequently, something almost always something's on rotation. But I, there's a couple songs I just never listen to. Uh, this is one of them, and Mother Russia is definitely one of them. I, I, I mm. haven't heard it. I haven't heard Mother Russia in a few years, probably. Mm. Uh, just it's not particularly bad. It's just not very interesting. Yeah, Mother Russia is a tough one, I think, because it mm. just feels like that's not really part of the album concept. It, they're trying to go back to a '80s sound, but it doesn't really like. Yeah, we'll get to Mother Russia anyway. Mm. But yeah. it is. It's I think quite. it's one of the bigger flaws with with this album is how they ended it actually. Yeah, it's got that slow, uh, slow beginning, slow ending thing as well, which is symptomatic. Yep. Mm. Bite size, Seventh Son mm. is a Mother Russia, but not in a great way. Uh, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm, let's see, I'm not sure if I'm right. Let me check if I'm right. But isn't uh, No Prayer, let's see, so there's 10 songs on it. Isn't that the, mostly all, the classic ones are, you know, eight, aren't they? Yes. So I, uh, yeah, right. Peace of Mind, nine. Seven Son is... Eight. Mm, yeah, it is. Is it? Eight. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Eight. Mm. But it, it makes it like a Killers album, because Killers so is also is Killers is mm. ten as well. All right. Uh, they have that in common. Like, Killers is also a roar, there's no epic on it, and it's ten songs. Mm. So in, many people believe that No Prayer is a, an attempt at recreating Killers. Which... Well, they didn't, they didn't do that. But. No. <laughs> <laughs> nah. They didn't, but to some extent, I can get that testimony. I can get that idea that it's they're kind of trying to do killers again, you know, going all the way back. Yeah, but I feel like there's um, like I mean, especially when, then when you get to Fear of the Dark, isn't it like has twelve songs in that? So I mean, I, I, I but arguably, you know, both these albums, there's at least one song per album you could remove, and it, it wouldn't take anything away. It'd probably make it a little better. Yeah. So. I mean, maybe they're trying too hard to do something. With No Prayer, it's actually very short as well. The mm. full duration of the album, I think, is shorter than m maybe all albums since Bruce joined. Uh, it's 40, 44 minutes, five seconds. Okay, so it's about mm. the same as Seventh Son, but Seventh Son is so condensed and such a quality album. I love the sequencing on that album. So I think what they've done there with eight songs, 44 minutes, it's, it's, it's a, a masterpiece. But here is more a best of the rest type vibe, I would say. Yeah, it's a, to it's a totally dif different album in every aspect, I would say. So, 
I mean, it's yep. it's got it's more focused on the individual songs. I'm not saying Seven Sun isn't, but to be fair, there's a, there's a bit of a, an attempt to variation attempt at variation on No Pray for the Dying that sort of gets lost in the rawness of the sound. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. maybe if they had more exquisite production, they could further like kind of differentiate the different themes of the album. Yeah. Because if we, if we're talking uh, musically, I mean, there's actually a few interesting bits in the Assassin when it comes to the guitar part. I mean, the picking or thing that's in the intro. I mean, I don't really know Steve would have written anything like that. And also the verses, the yeah, exactly. It's, it's very cool. It reminds me of I don't know if you're familiar with this band uh, from Florida, Death. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't know them that well, so. Uh, it sounds like a death verse from an album like Symbolic or Individual Thought Patterns, maybe towards mm. the end of their career. And he was like a huge Maiden fan, obviously, most guys should be. Mm. <laughs> I mean, especially if you're in a metal band. Uh, <laughs> it kind of comes with the territory, so I'm, yeah. I'm happy to see him in his Power Slave shirt. But uh, he, uh, you can definitely feel, I feel that kind of death vibe in the, in the verses, and it's not very... Mm. Iron Maiden-esque. It's kind of mm. 90s in, in a cool way. I, I like the verses. I think they're really, yeah. aside from the lyrics, they are really, really depicting a kind of mood, you know? Yeah, they are. I think, and I really like it. So, I mean, it's, it's the chorus that sort of fails for me. Just, I mean, this, the instrumental bits as well, I think is quite good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's just the, 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 the vocals and the, in the, just the chorus, you know. There's nothing. The, the 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 music in the chorus. Nothing wrong with that either. Mm. It just just the what's going on vocal wise that kind of you know ruins it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. What about the guitar solos? Yeah, I kind of want to remind myself how they sound here. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Uh, because usually that's in almost every single Maiden song a redeeming quality would be the guitar solos. I think the Assassin doesn't really need an a redeeming quality. I mean, the chorus mm. and lyrics aside, it is a good track. Uh, but I'm now I'm interested to see what they did with the melody work or solo work in the middle here. <laughs> here we go. Right back to the verse. Yeah. Pretty cool solo part. A lot of things. Yeah. A lot of things happening there. First Dave mm. and then Janik and with the yeah. melodic part in the middle. Mm. The melodic part sounded like um, you know Super Nintendo F Zero racing game. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like that. I like that too. Mm. Yeah. And that makes it even more you know, not, you know, too bad that the the chorus kind of takes everything down a bit because. <laughs> 
There's so much here to like. It mm. does, yeah. There's there's a lot to like, and I think it's still like all things considered an appealing maiden track. Mm. Like uh, it puts me in a pretty good mood, I would say. And it's it's not a song that gets worse every time, but uh, gets better every time I listen to it. I would say. Mm. Well, again, I, I I don't. It's not one of the ones I frequently listen to, but still, yeah. yeah. I think when when the chorus is bad, it's kind of like Invaders, which we'll get to in a while. When the chorus yeah. suffers, the first thing, the first few listens of a song, that's all you're gonna hear. Mm. <laughs> this this <laughs> terrible chorus. But as you dig deeper into it and listen, and give it more playbacks, I think you find all these cool parts. And Assassin is definitely a, a song of that kilt. Mm. Mm. Well, there we go. I mean, that's, uh, I don't know, do you have anything we do? I, I feel we probably said all we're going to say about this, these two. Yeah, mm. I think these two have been have been handled here. And I think yeah. uh, that also kind of concludes the A segment of, of this show. And yeah, maybe, we, maybe we could like uh, pinpoint a couple of favorites from, from the A's. And you too, are, Henrik, even though you are didn't. The, are these songs them. going on the 50 list? All right, right. Uh, oh, uh, uh, no. I would say apparition, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I want to put the assassin in there, but I'm, I know in my heart that it's not going to be there at the end, so I can't. But I really want to. I'm going to put it there because I think it's actually going to have a space once we're at scene. Right. So, so that's that's uh, two two. I mean, all right. So should I put it there for the time being? And then what the way the way we're going to do it is essentially we're going to make the list, and then when we when we finish the list, we'll have to we'll have to go through each song and kind of vote yes or no to see if we can you know narrow it down to yeah. Mm. Uh, so I can put it there for the time being. Then. Yeah, that feels yeah. like a, a good gesture, at least. And it, mm. I mean, I, I want it to to be there. Yeah. All right. Well, it's there. Yeah. I, I have the list. I'll put the list. I, I actually made the. Yeah, I actually did go ahead and make the list now. So I got got the list here on my Spotify, and I'll, I'll link that in the episode. All right. Cool. Mm. So, so then, maybe. Somewhere. So what are our favorites from the A's? Now that we're concluding this this well, uh, this letter and A's and numbers, we should say. Let's see. I got the list here. The other list with all the other ones. Let's see. So we got. We started out with two a.m. I'll just read them straight through. Two a.m. Twenty-two Acacia Avenue. Two minutes to midnight. Aces high. Afraid to strangers. Age of Innocence. The Alchemist. Angel and the Gambler. Alexander the Great. Another Life. Uh, the Apparition and the Assassin. Right. So I think there are some standouts. Yeah. The, the aftermath. Aftermath. Yeah, that's right. That's there too. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Standout tracks already there. I think. I think on every <laughs> on every letter you can find some some really cool songs. And we got "Afraid to Strangers" here. We got "22 Acacia Avenue," uh, Two Minutes to Midnight," uh, "Aces High" is in there. Mm-hmm. Too. Yeah, yeah, already quite a few good songs. I mean, if this was a a concert playlist, <laughs> they only played songs beginning with either two or a. It's still still be a pretty good concert. That's a yeah. that's a good co- concept for for a gig actually to make tours A to Z. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> A to Z tours. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's it. And I think we we can. It's safe to say that we can be excited about what's coming in the bees too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of good stuff here. I mean, overall, the, the, you know, we, so far besides maybe one or two songs, they've all been. There's most of them been all right this thus far. I think the apparition is the the, the only you know, the, the, the low water mark so far. Otherwise, I've you know even two a.m. I kind of enjoyed some bits of it. So what about aftermath? After yeah, the war. Yeah. Okay, that, that one's hard. It's not it's not it's not bad, it's just kind of it's just, lackluster. You know. I would call that mm. lackluster. Yeah. Two AM too, and maybe Angel and the Gambler, but Angel and the Gambler is a good song for a maiden podcast. It's fun to discuss. 
Yeah. yeah. So there's always some angle to it. We have we have a lot more to get through at some point. So yeah, we, we do. Will, yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, people can write to us at uh, maidenazpod at gmail.com and we're also at, on Facebook. Uh, let's see. What's that? I guess that's also, if you search for maidenaz, you will hear, you'll find us. Yeah, and I promise to make an Instagram by the time we actually uh, release this podcast, which should be in about a week from now. Yeah, well, I mean, mm-hmm. when, they, when they're hearing this, it's been out for a while, so. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we're probably on all, all on too many social media accounts at, the, yes. at that time already. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add to this, to the proceedings, Henrik? Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just listening in and agreeing at, at the most, mostly. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. But it was good to have you here again, and again, it's an, it's an open invitation, and especially like when you have the context of uh, you've actually seeing, you've actually been attending a show, uh, yeah. where, where where the song was played for the first time and maybe only time, touring wise. Uh, so, so when I mean, is is Be Quick or Be Dead going to be in the next episode, or is there uh, other beats so, before yeah. it? We we'll got back see. in the village as well. Yeah, back to so the, the next yeah. one will be. I'm assuming is going to be. Uh, back in the village, be quicker, be dead, and then it's going to be Blood Brothers and Blood on the World's Hands. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it really turns into an interesting mix of songs when you just go by th- this criteria. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that, that's the idea. Yeah, but also, but also, it also does something that I mean, and I, I mean this in the you know, I've really enjoyed Maiden Podden, but like for instance, uh, you know, we, we'll be able to go in to more depth with um like for instance peace of mind that's what that's probably my favorite album and you know they did it in an hour and a half whatever it was and then they're, then they're done with it and that's fine that's that what they do what's that way that's what they do but for us we can since we're just doing it song by song we can spend more time on you know small details yeah which, yeah. Is, sure. which is very fun mm-hmm. and remembering small details like yeah. uh, you, mm-hmm. you've done the episode on let's say you've done the flight of icarus episode and then in a subsequent episode touching on that album you remember something more about those sessions and, and so on. Mm. So yeah, I think it's a good format for for pure maiden nerds. Yeah. I can see here we're not getting to anything from peace of mind for quite a while, but still. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And that's that's in the D's, so mm. something good there. Yes. Right. We're so gonna... I think we're si- right, yeah. signing out from this episode. I still haven't recorded the epilogue track, but I'll I'll play it live to get the feel mm-hmm. of this episode being over. Nej, nej. Nej, jag stoppar inspelningen här. Gör så. Jag också det.